So over these past four years, Donald Trump and his administration have carried out an unprecedented assault on truth and the public's sense of a shared reality. It's been a nonstop fire, high, fire hose of lies and misdirection, and that's no accident. A theory of communications that emerged from postmodernist academia and was weaponized against the Russian people by Vladimir Putin's regime has been embraced by Trump and his favorite strategist, Steve Bannon, as explained in a brilliant article recently published by Miles Kampf Lesson in, in the publication In These Times. The article is called How Our Politics Came Undone. Under Trump, our notion of shared truth has been shattered. In its place, monsters have swarmed. And uh, Miles warns in his article, we could see a lot more of these disorienting strategies in the days to come. Miles, thanks for joining us on the Independent News Hour uh, here on 99.5 FM. Thank you for having me. Very glad to, uh, glad to be here. Great. So, uh, first of all, uh, can you uh, run us back through the history of, uh, or if you want to dis- describe a little bit more of this uh, communication strategy and how it emerged and, and has evolved over the last uh, 20 years or so and is now being directed at the American people? Sure. So our, you know, your audience is probably most familiar with uh, kind of what happened four years ago with the Trump 2016 campaign um, and particularly the role of uh, propagandist uh, merchant Stephen K. Bannon. As you mentioned, he was a you know, chief strategist for the Trump White House. Um, and his philosophy was essentially to inundate uh, the media with false and misleading claims, not just to achieve certain political ends, but also to create this kind of cloud of confusion that both polarizes and then also disorients potential voters, causing them to either cling to kind of the constructive, constructed narrative of Trump as a singular figure rooting out the darkness in our politics or more likely really causes the public to disengage from the political sphere entirely, just seeing it all as corrupted beyond repair. Now, as you mentioned, that it, Stephen Bannon didn't in, introduce that concept, and it, it had been developed over many years. One of the individuals that I write about in my piece is a, a character named Vladislav Surkov, who uh, throughout the 2000s in Putin's Russia uh, carried out a very similar strategy on the Russian people, and he was very open about it. You know, he talked about this as his goal was to create this culture of confusion um, and chaos. And it uh, was really uh, what I talk about in pieces that it was derived from this idea of kettle logic, as laid out by Jacques Derrida, a French theorist, which essentially is to attack the idea of objective truth by just throwing out many different explanations that lead people to confusion and ultimately acquiescence. It's really a form of anti-politics. And I think that's what we saw in 2016 with the Trump campaign. And unfortunately, I think that's what we're continuing to see with uh, Trump in 2020. Right. I guess just uh, as one of many examples, we could look at, I mean, the way, uh, you know, uh, Trump has handled the coronavirus and and the controversy, uh, the the trumped up controversy around uh, wearing masks and I mean, he's derided it, he's mocked it, and then he'll flip on the dime and be like, of course, you know, it's okay to wear a mask. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, understandably, people will say, hey, disinformation has been part of our politics for a very long time. We remember the George W. Bush era when there was lies in the media. Um, That's all true, but I think that there was a pretty qualitative difference in that those had uh, an intended effect, which was to drum up support behind a war effort, for example. 
whereas there was a much more diffuse and I would say even sinister motivation behind uh, this strategy, which is rather to just polarize people for one so that, you know, you create this whole world where, um, you know, if you if you watch Fox News or you uh, are on certain news feeds, your entire what you're going to see is stories about COVID-19 being created in a Wuhan lab uh, in China for use as a bioweapon or fears that it's actually Democrats who plan to steal the election through a sea of what they were calling uh, harvested ballots um, or whether it's, uh, you know, the laptop from hell of Hunter Biden. This is all part of a, a way not to just get people to line up behind Trump, but rather to reject the idea of politics altogether as something that is uh, deeply wicked and beyond our control. And I, I think that that's going to be the real lasting legacy of the Trump campaign. Um, wh what I'm hopeful for, you know, is that we're going to see more of a democratic revival in response to that. But the past four years, I think, have been overwhelmed by these contradictory uh, messages that we've seen throughout the media. And it's unfortunate that uh, it, much of our media has not been able to adapt quickly enough to deal with this new um, reality we're working in. But it's helpful that there's, you know, outlets like yours and others that will um, push back against the dominant narrative and try to provide, you know, some substance of truth to the uh, voting public because uh, we need it now more than ever. Right. And what is the role that uh, social media plays in this? I mean, beyond the kind of st strategy of people like Bannon, where where does, um, you know, Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know, factor into this in, in the way it can uh, silo people? Yeah, I think that that's a, a real uh, element that distances our current moment from previous ones is just the factor of social media and the fact that there's these are private companies that have profit motives at their heart so they benefit from and in fact facebook uh, openly acknowledged that their strategy uh this year was to create more and more groups because they want to have people segregated into these little pods across uh their network rather than having them all following certain you know, big media organizations or what have you, they're trying to kind of decentralize it. Well, what that's created is this world that they're now supposedly fighting against, uh, where you have just th these very dark, uh, sinister uh, elements of our society that are building uh, following uh, by you know, trading in conspiracies like the QAnon uh, cult that is uh, very dominant now across social media. And so, you know, they're trying to respond to that. But in fact, they created the conditions under which uh, these type of communities could uh, spread very rapidly. And so I think that social media is unfortunately very behind the times in terms of both moderation. I mean, they all say they outsource all of their moderation. None of these companies take responsibility for it. And ultimately, they're trying to make money off of this. And they realize that, hey, you know, conspiracy theories can make a lot of money for uh, people like Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so I don't think that they have necessarily our democracy's uh, best hopes uh, in, in their intentions here. I think they have their bottom line. Right. And speaking of our democracy, I mean, we had a, a clip uh, during our headlines uh, from Jason Miller, a senior advisor to Trump, uh, you know, previewing uh, their strategy for uh, prematurely declaring victory uh, tonight. I mean, there is a slim chance that Trump could actually win this thing on his own uh, through an, another uh, squeaker victory in the Electoral College. But uh, generally, he's uh, behind in the polls and uh, uh, you know, definitely the underdog, but they're uh, planning to announce victory anyway. 
And, and then uh, how, how will this, uh, you know, communication uh, strategy of theirs uh, unfold from there? Well, I think it's all uh, part of the same strategy. This is exactly what uh, Steve Bannon laid out in an October 10th forum. So just a couple weeks ago, he told a group that this is what we should expect at 10 o'clock p.m., Donald Trump's locked into the White House. This is a paraphrased quote from, from Bannon. And he's going to uh, say game's over and declare himself the winner if he's not in a few of these swing states based on strictly the, uh, the data coming based on voting today, not any of the mail-in ballots. And that's what they're, uh, I think, very uh, transparent about what they're, they're plotting to do. Now, it's all linked to their politics. I don't think they'd be carrying out this strategy just for the hell of it. They realize, I mean, Bannon, for example, was an architect of the Muslim travel ban, of leading the Paris Climate Accord, of building this massive wall on the southern border. So their political objectives, far right wing political objectives, conservative ones at the heart of this strategy. Uh, but the only way that they're going to be able to do it, much like Stephen Miller, who's advising Donald Trump on immigration, he has a whole uh, suite of very racist, anti-immigrant policies he's waiting to carry out upon Trump's re-election. So a lot of it hinges on that. I think you're right to say it's very unlikely that Trump will legitimately uh, win this election. We'll see in a few hours. Uh, but uh, regardless, they're going to use every tool in their toolbox to try to create and use this false constructive narrative that they've built up over Years, you remember right after the 2016 result came in, Trump said uh, that he actually won the popular vote. But in fact, there were millions of uh, fraudulent votes that led to Hillary Clinton supposedly winning it. This stuff, you know, has an impact. And I think a lot of Trump supporters really buy into that and the idea that the election is going to try to be rigged and stolen. Um, and Trump is doing everything he can to pour gasoline on that fire. So. Um, it's going to be a real test, I think, of our democracy and even of our media to um, to allay some of those uh, claims that are going to be made by the far right and uh, Trump's White House itself and wait until we have a real result of this election. Right. And, and when you mentioned that the comments from Trump after he won the 2016 election about how, you know, millions of, uh, you know, so-called illegal uh, immigrants had voted and had cost him the popular vote victory. You know, at the time, uh, almost everybody, uh, you know, thought like, oh, wow, that's just, you know, isn't he uh, being crazy again, uh, you know, spouting off about, you know, winning millions of votes that uh, are losing millions of votes that didn't exist. And, uh, you know, you can't help but look back at, at this stage and, and uh, you know, think that, that there was something a little more premeditated going on there in terms of him, uh, even at that early stage, uh, basically grooming uh, his uh, uh, followers, uh, you know, to believe, uh, you know, sort of this whole package of uh, of misinformation uh, that will, you know, help, uh, you know, help him with what he might try to do uh, later tonight. Exactly. And I think that that's um, it, it just goes to show that this is part and parcel of a larger um, goal, which is to the Republican and the, uh, the Republican Party realizes that they are a minoritarian party. They can't win based on elections alone. So they have to use all these different other apolitical tools in order to uh, create the conditions under which they can at least claim victory. And part of that is suppressing the vote, certainly as we've seen with, you know, voter intimidation efforts, uh, efforts to get the polls, uh, the ballots thrown out by uh, uh, judges and various courts. Um, but part of it is also this 
um, for lack of a better word, this disinformation strategy, which is just to, as Steve Bannon laid it out, I mean, he said he declared in 2018, the Democrats don't matter. The real opposition is the media. And the way to deal with them is to flood the zone with uh, a word I will not say on air, but rhymes with pit. Thank you. Uh, Uh, Call it manure. Sure. Uh, And so, I mean, that's exactly what we've seen time and time again with this White House. Steve Bannon is no longer, you know, in the administration. He's right now dealing with a pretty serious uh, legal uh, issue because of defrauding uh, donors to a We Build the Wall fund that faces he's facing a lengthy prison charge because of it. Um, but that doesn't mean that his influence is not still being felt in the White House. And they never pivoted from the strategy of flooding the zone, you know, with uh, with constant uh, salacious uh, stories, which is what you see if you turn on Fox News now. At least in 2016, a lot of the stories that the right was running with had some kernel of truth to them, or at least they were being reported in the mainstream media. Now, if you watch Fox News or many of these right-wing stations, it's they're presenting an entirely different um, uh, world and reality than what most of us are living through, certainly when it comes to things like the pandemic. I mean, they don't even acknowledge at this point that the pandemic is still uh, raging and upending so many people's lives. So I think that right. th- this is not uh, th- this is not something new. Unfortunately, we've seen it just accelerate. And I'm hopeful that this election will uh, help to uh, show the limits of that strategy politically. I think four years ago, they showed the currency of it, you know, of, of how effective it could be. But if we uh, have a different result this time around, I think that will hopefully uh, put, put, put an end, at least in the short to uh, some of these really nefarious practices by uh, some of the I mean, people who stand to benefit and profit right, right. from a confused population um, and instead actually put, put some democracy back into uh, our country. Uh, all right. Well, Miles My, Kampf, uh, listen, uh, thank you so much for joining us on WBAI uh, this evening to really lay that out. Uh, that was really helpful. Of course. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much.